It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes. And they last just for one week. Draft start every couple of minutes so you can join right now for week seven. And the best part is you get to play for cold hard cash. Get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites, because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy, the value, and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff. It doesn't happen on draft. You get a selection of every premium player. You just got to be the smartest one in the room. It's a six-player snake draft, so you get in, you get out. Tournaments start from $1 to $1,000 to everything in between. Three-person drafts, six-person drafts, on and on. The options are limitless. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code BGNR. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code BGNR. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio List a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. You're listening to BGN Radio. That's back. He's looking. He's looking. He is rolling. He's going to tuck it and run. He is in the end zone. Touchdown, Carson Wentz. (laughs) What's going on? Bleeding Green Nation, it is episode number 270 of the BGN Radio Podcast, and we are here live in the WIP studios, and whether you are listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Satchel, tune in, uh, we appreciate you tuning in each and every day and or a week. Vince Quinn, it's uh, it's another rivalry week, and uh, I've heard a lot about that, especially from all the Redskins fans, 
that this team is so vastly different than what they saw in week one. At least that's what it was leading up to as they took on San Francisco 49ers last week after 10 days of rest. And they're right. It is different. There's no Josh Norman. Jonathan Allen is now out for the year, which is Done. crazy. Yeah. Still questionable on Fat Rob, which is, yeah, we don't know what's happening there. And there's just been a, a ton of injuries. So not in the way that they are phrasing it, but uh, the Redskins are pretty banged up here. Well, yeah, they got injuries all over the board now, and, and that's a huge problem because when you think about Washington, I mean, the, the Rob Kelly injury is the one to watch this week because the way they play when he's on the field and the way they play and the way that Jay Gruden calls a game and how the team responds to that when Rob Kelly is in the game and out of the game, it's completely different. And so that Kelly injury is is massive. Another injury that is incredibly huge here. Their kicker's out. Yes. So when you've lost a kicker for the season, they tried out they tried out like twenty two guys for the kicker position, which is insane. Can you like I wouldn't 20, even, how do you have the time? Well, how do you have the attention span as a coach, even the most committed coach, to watch 22 guys <laughs> kick that many field goals, right? Not only that, but like the 22 guys that are just staring at each other, that's the worst thing going on like an audition for a movie, isn't it? Like, oh man, all these guys look the same. Oh, they kick the same yeah. way too. I'm never going to get this gig. It must be incredibly hard to be an NFL kicker. It really must. Yeah, there's 20 guys there. They're all wearing the number one. And like, <laughs> it just looks like they're recasting Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the kid, the black socks. They're all wearing black socks, Steve. <laughs> all of them. Every single one of them. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the guy that they chose would find black socks in the number one, a guy named Nick Rose. And the interesting thing about him is he kicked at Texas. So, all right, big time program. Uh, but. He only hit, or he only had 38 field goals in college. He hit 71 percent of them, and then you also consider that right now he's going into a divisional Monday night game, and it's his first game ever. He hasn't he hasn't even kicked in a game since college in 2015. Man, so he's got a he, no one wanted him for a year, and then he's able to hang around and get this job. So he's coming into such a huge important game in a national spotlight and he's got no time to wear off the rust whatsoever. Like I look at this and I'm thinking, you know, we have Jake Elliott and that was the lightning in a bottle, super lucky and not even at first. Yeah, you know, it's just there is what all right, kid, let's see what you got. A couple couple of misses early. Everybody started to panic. Well, that's the thing. You had a couple of misses early. So I, I look at this game, and I see a rookie kicker with his first game ever on a new team in the middle of a season and it, in this big spotlight, and I just feel like he's going to miss a kick. I think that's what it, I think that's what the game comes down to. And look, we're getting to the line. It's at four and a half. It opened at six, and I still feel pretty confident in Eagles win here. But this is, despite all that, uh, they're both thinking the same thing. And I think it comes down to this rookie kicker if he's good or not. I think it's three, four point game. I really do. I think it's. I don't think it's a blowout by any means. I think that the Eagles have an opportunity to really handle these guys because, again, they do match up pretty well against what they're doing. And we'll get into Chris Thompson and the fact that Rob Kelly and him not being there it just changes the offense a little bit. And it is different from what you saw even in Kansas City when they were humming for two quarters. It's just got a a different type of uh, type of feel. Uh, they're still doing the same. Good in between the 20s, not so good in the red zone either. And that's in, I think that's a humongous important factor this week. I think having Jake Elliott on one side and 
having this guy on the other is is going to be the difference maker early. Right? Isn't that so weird? Like, we're talking about this big divisional matchup, the history of the Eagles and the Redskins and Monday Night Football, and it's like, yeah, it comes down to the kickers. Like, <laughs> it depends on two rookie kickers yeah, how this the game quarterbacks. Could go. It's just, yeah. Yeah, like, it's a really weird thing to say, but you look at it, and, I mean, it, it's a totally fair analysis to have because, look, when the Eagles were in Washington, that was a close game. They had an interception in the end zone late in that game. That was in the four, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was huge. They were up 19-17 to 17 at that time. And at the end of the game, they managed to get that sack fumble that led to the touchdown and sealed it. But, I mean, Cousins had the ball with like a minute 45 yeah, left. And, and, you know, he was at his own 35, something like that. So it wasn't a situation where it was like, okay, we got this locked up, baby. It was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? Yeah, everyone's like, whoo, thank God that was kind of maybe not a touchdown, but it was a touchdown. We'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I know, too. Questionable call. So, <laughs> so to go through all of that stuff. Uh, it, it was a closer game than the score would have you believe. And now, like, when you look back, it's so different, right? Because the team is so good. And we're talking Super Bowl. I mean, I, I was on WIP the other night, and I just I opened the show. Super Bowl, Super yeah, Bowl, sure Super did. Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I couldn't help myself. And so to have that kind of confidence now, you look back at that game, and it's like, oh, yeah, we whooped them. We're great. You know what I mean? But it's like, no, that, was, that wasn't the case at all. No. So to be in this situation again, and look – for the Skins, this is a huge game for them. You got to figure now at this point, the Eagles have the best record in the NFC and they're in the same division. So the Skins are going to want to be really aggressive on this one. This is a huge game. They already lost at, at home. Yeah, they need this one. Yeah, they need this one bad. And maybe kind of sort of they were looking ahead and San Francisco was kind of a down low because they'd be like, oh, but, you know, they were they had the game in hand and not, not really. I mean, they they barely got into the second quarter. Sure, they were up 17 to nothing, but. It didn't seem like they were really in it as a you know killer killer instinct. No, kind of took over. Like we're going to dominate this game now, and we're not going to let them in the door. And they totally let them in the door the entire for the rest of the time. They didn't put up a touchdown after that. Yeah, I, by like, the mid second quarter, you were like, oh wow, uh, San Francisco has a little bit of life yeah. here. And the way that they did it is really important because. Uh, you know, Breland, as you mentioned before, he's got a knee injury. Josh Norman is out. Sua Cravens had retired on them, tried to come back, and they were like, oh, we don't want you anymore. <laughs> so so they've got all of these issues going on with the secondary, and they had a rookie third-round quarterback who didn't have the week to prepare, was just thrown in mid-game because Brian Hoyer sucked, and he was able to throw the ball down the field against them. From University of Iowa, yeah, C.J. Beathard. Which was weird, and he started early, and he found his uh, other favorite tight end, from Iowa, George Kittle, and they just kind of matched up and did their thing for uh, uh, like a quarter and a half. I got to say, by the way, I didn't realize that his name was Beathard until it was a good point into the game, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this guy's name is Beat Hard. Uh, it must have been awful when he was 16, <laughs> but you know, anyway, when he came into the game, he was, yeah, he was able to play a really, like, not, well, for a rookie quarterback in his first game in the middle of a game, he was throwing the ball, like, 20 yards down the field and completing enough of those passes. He went something like 19 for 36, 245 yards, a touchdown and a pick. That's crazy. Like, for Washington to have that kind of lead and, and with the good front seven that they've got and everything, to give up that kind of attack to a rookie, like a third-round rookie, that's it, that blew me away, and so I watched that game, and I'm like, man, if the Skins are going to struggle in that situation at home against an awful Niners team yeah. who has one receiver, one, like, what are the Eagles going to do here? And so 
that is something that I do, I am I am feeling kind of confident about this as much oh, yeah. as uh, you know we've been talking about kickers and all that kind of stuff. I think this is a game where the Eagles win by seven or more. Yeah, and I could definitely see that too. I think that as much as it might be a cliche to say they they don't have any tape on CJ, and he just all of a sudden comes in when you're dealing with Brian Hoyer who. Didn't look great at all, and it was also helped out with a couple of drop passes on on some drives there, and not to mention that, uh, who was it? Oh, yeah, Trent Brown, (laughs) who's their right guard, went offside like three times in a quarter, which was crazy to me. Uh, it didn't. It didn't help. Like they were. That's why they. San Francisco just allowed them to beat their beat up themselves a little bit there too. There was plays to be made and they couldn't make them. Yeah. And then CJ steps in. You don't have any tape on this kid. It's his first step into the NFL, and all of a sudden you're like, well, shit. Now he's making those plays that they weren't making earlier, and now they're scrambling. And now they're doing uh, all sorts of stuff. I would caution someone who who just looked at the score, who goes or who watched the entire game and just says. Oh man, the Eagles are going to kick their ass if they're struggling with the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think they were kind of thrown off. I think they got caught off guard. Now, it goes and shows you probably not that well coached of a game <laughs> if they're looking into that. I, I it's it you can throw all that crap out cuz again, just like we were saying at the beginning of the show, it is a division rival. It is here and they do need this. They cannot go 0 and 2 against the Eagles. They have to at least split to have any semblance of staying in the division. And I have that importance for the Eagles as well. I don't think either one of these teams is is looking for a letdown. I mean, this is a chance for the Eagles, and some people disagree with this. I think our friend John Stolness was going back and forth with both of us on Twitter. Listen, I don't care what anybody says. The division is over if they win this football game. Over. They're 3-0 and in the division. If they split with everybody else, they're probably still going to win. Now they got to make that up somewhere else. But even in the worst-case scenario, you split with Dallas, you win again against the Giants, <laughs> I mean, you're five and one. You know, you you might be four and two. Let's say Dallas beats you twice. You're four and two in the division, and that's still probably good to win ten games. And I don't know what Dallas is going to do. I, honestly, I think our other friend Brian Coulter was right, and it's in the hands of a judge right now. And that's going back and forth with Zeke's suspension. And who cares? Like I'm so tired of that. The the shenanigans that's going back and forth. And if he would have just like had it already, would have been back by now, which is crazy to me. But regardless of all that. The Eagles are, uh, I, I think this is a huge opportunity to just step on everyone's throat. Washington knows that. They're going to come in like this, I think, in the same way that they approach Kansas City, where it's basically feels like the Super Bowl for them. Like, this is it. You want to talk about teams that are desperate, and <laughs> I think we thought of that when the Giants were coming in week three, which is hilarious. Uh, but uh, it's. I think it's different, This and it's a much better football team than the New York Giants. Well, oh, it's infinitely better than the Giants. Yeah. And the other thing is with the Skins, too, as much as we've talked so much about injuries to start the game here, one of the things that I'm starting to sense from Washington is that now that they've had a couple of games without Rob Kelly, uh, I think Gruden's getting a little more creative, and that's been good. Like One thing that we're definitely going to see a lot of this week was, if you noticed in the San Francisco game, they moved Jamison Crowder all over the place. Yes. and they one, did a, they, I mean, he's not going, he hasn't been getting going anywhere. Yeah, he's a guy that they really need to be productive. And you look at the numbers, and he just hasn't done it this year. But what one thing that was interesting, and it was pretty cool what they did, it was just enjoyable to watch, was they had him, let's say, you know, quarterbacks in the shotgun, Crowder's out there on the right-hand side in the slot. A lot of times when they have that motion, you're going like right behind the line of scrimmage, and you're just going to be in the slot on the other side. 
Well, instead of doing that, he went towards the backfield, and he runs basically right in front of Cousins, and then he goes out in the flat from the backfield position. Like, it, it was just interesting how they tried to create space with him that way and get him moving full speed. And to see something like that from Crowder, he's gotten handoffs in the past. Um, they really amped it up last week. I think we'll see a lot of that. And the other thing is, just in general with the passing game, like, I think they're starting to figure it out. Because Josh Doxson is now getting better. He's had an Achilles injury all year. Yeah. And, you know, former first-round pick, he didn't play it all last year. So he's just kind of been written off and forgotten at this point. But he scored touchdowns the last two weeks for Washington. Uh, he seems to be getting healthier, healthier. The stats seem to suggest that he's getting healthier. So that's a good thing for them uh, and a problem for the Eagles. The other thing is Terrell Pryor. Like, when we talked, you know, we talked about him before. And he just looked awful for, for, the, mo- for the first, like, Four or five weeks of the season, he I guess it was first, well, more for them because they had a bye, three or four. He just looked like his body language sucked, and he wasn't getting any production. He had games like one catch for six yards. I mean, yeah. he really sucked for them. He was awful. And in the past couple of weeks, they've been getting him involved more. He's had a deep catch for a touchdown. I, that might have been the Kansas City game. Like, they're starting to figure out Pryor a little bit, and I think he's finally starting to get comfortable and so while they don't have a lot of stats, like the the counting numbers that you're looking for in a matchup like this, uh, I look at I look at Pryor, I look at Crowder, and I look at Rob Kelly, who also has no numbers because yes. he's missed like every game they've played this year. Yep. And I'm actually worried about those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I don't know if I'd be worried. I'm worried about one guy in particular, and it's Chris Thompson. And I get what you're saying about Pryor. And Doxon. Like, Doxon to me is still a wait-and-see guy with what they're going to do. I like him in the slot. I like what he's his playmaking ability. I really liked him coming out of the draft, too. And, yeah, I, I've heard that a lot this week. And then just going back and looking, I was just like, all right, but if he's really starting to come around, I think when people catch touchdowns, that tends to happen. It's like, oh, there, there's the Josh Doxon we know, and there he is getting open. It's just like, yeah, yeah he's still not really a threat yet. The biggest problem for me, and it still is, and then and everybody knows down in Washington, it's Chris Thompson. It still is. That's the guy I'm focused on the most. That's the guy that's going to piss us off this entire week. Yeah, It really is. I mean, like, out of the backfield, they, when they go five wide, he's in there too. He can go out the slide. He can go out on the outside. He is really a big-time Swiss Army knife. Now, I get what you're saying. about Crowder and some of those guys too. And prior, like, other than a, oh, look, it's a deep ball, and I caught it over Marcus Peters in Kansas City, he's st- you can still throw him off his game pretty, pretty easily. I think they're going to have – uh, the uh, you know similar uh, matchup capabilities that they did when they saw in the first week. Now it's a completely new secondary for the most part. Yeah, it is. He only got to see Ronald Darby there for about a quarter and a half, and then they still adjusted, and they were just as aggressive. And I think as as good as I thought this Washington offensive line was uh, heading into that game in week one, there's pressure to be had there. I mean, the, the San Francisco was having a hell of a time in the middle there, especially against the run game, not so much on the outside. Uh, I think uh, Brian Sheriff had, uh, a, again, a, a pretty pretty good game uh, on his side of the ball, but everywhere else it seemed to be crumbling. You could get a lot of pressure. So I expect to see 38, 39, maybe even 40% of the time that they're going to keep blitzing Cousins because their, their ability to march down the field is still really in chunks. And I don't know if it – listen, and that's what kind of worries me too at the same time when I'm talking about Chris Thompson because he's there for six and then all of a sudden he's on a wheel route or there he is bombing down or on a screen or whatever to try and throw these guys off. I don't know if Schwartz is going to mix it up a little more, but uh, I still really like uh, uh, everything 
from secondary to their wide receivers. I don't see a ton of speed. I don't see a ton of reliability. It really is shown thus far, at least to me, that their offense still runs out of the backfield. That's where they're scoring most most of their points. Uh, and sure, you'll have a, a couple of good catches every now and again, but it's not a consistent thing. Um, so I I expect them to to blitz them blitz the shit out of them actually. Well, they should, yeah, yeah because yeah, they're a good running team. I think they're capable in pass protection, but they can be beaten. And that was that was a big thing when the Eagles got that win in Washington, week one. Like you had a couple of sacks. There was a sack fumble earlier in the game, and then you had the sack fumble that was returned for a touchdown late in the game. So they're able to get that pressure and. For Washington, yeah, if if Rob Kelly isn't in this game and they're going to pass a little bit more, then you're going to have a lot of opportunities to really take it to them and uh, and just knock Cousins around. Now, one thing you mentioned, Chris Thompson, I just love that guy. I yeah. like he's he's phenomenal. I, I don't know what's great here. He would, oh, dude, yes, he's wearing uh, the wrong jersey. It's it, terrible. Oh my god, I would yeah. take him in a heartbeat. I would, I would give. Uh, well, not my arm. I okay, okay. I'd like him here though. <laughs> I, I would like Chris Thompson here a lot. Yeah, but hold on to that arm. Yeah, I'm gonna hold on to it. Um, I'm gonna CJ beat hard with it later. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So the other interesting element here too, in terms of like the backfield, uh, something a little bit unexpected. But they ran it against San Francisco. And it worked, and it worked perfectly, and it won the game for them. He's sticking. Jake Gruden is sticking with the run, ladies and gentlemen. He's being methodical, and he's sticking with the run. With Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I, I the, can't believe it. The, down at the goal line you're talking about? Yeah. He had like, it was like seven <laughs> yards out they called that play. And how, you know how'd what? That, how'd that work out, by the way? It, Cousins nailed it. Nailed it? What are you talking about? He got. Are you talking about third and goal when they ran a, the thing? He had a read option. Yeah, and he scored on that. Oh, did he? Yes. I don't. I thought, he I thought scored. He, I thought he was short and no, kicked a field goal. No, I think that. he scored in that. No, he he got through and, and got a touchdown late in the game. Man, um, so paw on me. Yeah, no, that was. Uh, it was in the. Uh, you can go in the game thread on Twitter that I've been doing all those game oh, nice. threads. I think I. Which, by the way, you can do. Uh, he does. What do you do those on Tuesdays, Wednesdays? Just kind of whenever Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, be on the lookout. All at sorts of Vince, different games. At it's it's Vince Quinn. Yeah, whether it's the Eagles like rewatching the game or watching the NFC East games, like I, I'm usually doing that. But yeah, Cousins did a read option play. It worked beautifully. He went right around the edge. It was seven yards. He got a touchdown, and that's a new element for him. And you know what? He's got the athleticism to do it. He's not elite in any way when it comes to the speed. No. But uh, he can he can make it happen, and it was really surprising to see them do that play and and do it well. Um, it, it's a, just another element to worry about. Now the Eagles dealt with Cam Newton, and sure he got a lot of rushing yards on them, but generally they contained him, and it was to the point where he didn't beat them to a pulp. But uh, Cousins, it's just another little element that you have to be worried about. Can I? Oh, another sleeper. By the way, I love sleepers. Because I've been I've been raving about uh, Chris Thompson all year, but have you seen Vernon Davis? Yeah, well, you know where it's funny where you're talking about you know the forgotten man in uh, in Ed Dixon, right? The Panthers. Yeah, uh, Vernon Davis is like that too, except he's actually good at his job. <laughs> you know, and that's yes. again like you forget how good he was in San Francisco because again Jordan Reed's in there, but they literally everyone in every single game Vernon Davis has some uh, uh, long play that he just it's there like 60 yards oh there he is oh whoops there goes Vernon Davis and then all of a sudden uh you know you're 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 caught up in the you know it's they're on their own 40 and all of a sudden they're down it 
it, it on in the red zone, and it, it's crazy how that happens. Yeah, it, it is, and and he looked. I mean, he's thirty three years old. He's lost a lot of weight. Like he just looks to be in great shape, and he's down the field. And it's not just that he's getting open, and he's got a lot of room to run, but he's got a lot of speed. I mean, when he was drafted, he was like a top five pick. He was. He was the next generation of tight end. Like he was a definitive guy. Where when Vernon Davis got drafted, you said this is it. Like this is yeah. changing things. You know, we already have Gonzalez and Gates. Might was probably around then as well. But it was like, all right, here are these new young guys taking over. It's going to start with Vernon, and he's been forgotten the past couple of years. But man, he is just so good right now. And so to have that on top of you know, and for me, it's like Pryor's figuring it out. Doxon is getting a little more play. They're playing with Crowder a little bit more. Thompson is phenomenal. Jordan Reed yeah. has been an eagle killer. And now you're piling Vernon Davis on top of that. And I'm like, man, uh, Washington's offense is really, it is formidable. And it's it's something you really have to respect in this game as much as the defense is just kind of torn to shreds. Yeah, and it's and it's the same same thing that always kind of makes you so frustrated watching this Washington offense all the time. It's just, it you know, it's bang, 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 and all of a sudden – they're they're right around there. However, so what I, a thing I did notice about, and, and I, I'm I'm curious if you think you know this or not, Vincent. Okay. For those of you at home, let's play let's play a little game, shall we? Let's play where, oh where, does Washington rank with their red zone touchdown efficiency Ooh. this year as for in a form of a percentage? Actually, just give me the ranking of where you think they are. We'll give you some time at home. Okay, I'm going to say... Some time at home, I said, Vince. Right. Okay. So, (laughs) in terms of the 32 teams, where do you think that Washington ranks currently right now? I'm going to say 27th. 27th is incorrect, but not too far off. They're 24th in the league in converting touchdowns while in the red zone, 46%. Do you know where they were last year? Wow. Um, huh. I would guess they were slightly worse last year. Let me say uh, I'll, I'll bump them up from my guess. I'll say 26th. Yeah, probably would have been somewhere right around there. I don't have the 2016. <laughs> you for, can't ask the for, question. For everybody, I'm just talking about percentage. Okay, it's, okay. it's worse. It is lower. I mean, just by like a percent lower. So I would assume that was somewhere around 25 or 26th in the league. Okay. So that is still a thing, definitely a thing. And by the way, I think you are wrong. I think he got stuffed on that third and goal because I don't see a running touchdown from Did last he, I week. Could, I could have sworn that he – Two. It was one to Doxon, and then he threw another touchdown to somebody else, and I can't remember who it was. Hmm. But regardless of that, uh, where do you think – and again, let's let's have the audience join in at home – where do you think your Philadelphia Eagles rank currently right now in red zone scoring percentage with touchdowns only? Let's uh, let's go with the the rank first, and then the percentage. Okay, um, I'm going to guess. I mean, the offense has just been so good, uh, and they're they're getting touchdowns like crazy. So it's got to be in the top five. It is in the top five, Vince Quinn. Okay, are they third? Ooh, just one off. Houston is third with 65% uh, converting this. Wow, far, that's which, amazing in itself. Which is up from 44% last year, which <laughs> oh would have been, God. Uh, who knows where. Your Philadelphia Eagles are fourth in the league at 63% 
turning touchdowns in when they're in the red zone. That's very good. That's amazing. Green Bay, number one. Dallas, number two, at 66%. Uh, and then Chicago, surprisingly enough, just behind them with attempts. Do you know what the Philadelphia Eagles' percentage was last year? Oh, it had to be way lower. I mean, look, the receivers and everything, Ertz was it was Mr. December yeah, it was, then. It was way lower. Oh, my God. Almost about 20 percent lower 20%. for almost well less than less than about 17 well that, it sounds that sounds about right because i mean 49 percent last they were, year they were awful i mean they were one of the worst passing teams in the league last year yeah and so yeah i believe it like it that's just it, it makes the the whole rise of this team recently just so much more incredible yes and over the last three games they've been at 60 percent uh washington has been about 55 of the things team rankings.com uh, for that information, but it's still like that's where I just feel like it. It still matches up great, and we talked about it a little bit already. But uh, it's amazing to me that despite all of the different changes and injuries, and if you know, again with Patrick Robinson being there, with Jalen Mills, I think still being in the top two or three in targets, uh, and they it has just, to be just keep picking on him and doing all these things. The Eagles are still only tied for second in the league with big plays that have been given up this year. Second overall. Like, you have Patrick Robinson and Jalen Mills in a couple of a pair of really good safeties and a ferocious pass rush. And I think that, that when we talk about the secondary and how the problems aren't as bad, th- there is still probably not enough hat tips to go around as of why the pass rush is working. And even with Fletcher Cox in or out of there, that's a huge part of their success. Them being okay, I'm not saying that they're giving out the effort. They're competing. They're doing whatever. But they this this secondary is getting torched without the pressure from the front seven. Well, yeah, Hands but hands down. But one of the things that I got to say is, as a credit to Mills because he does get targeted a lot is that he's around the ball. You know, he, yeah, he's he not is. getting burned all the time. Right. And you know what? For a corner that's getting picked on all the time and know the game, he knows damn well the game plan is to pick on him every single game. He's still showing up. He's still tackling. You know, like, I, I respect that in that guy. He's got a ton of fight, Jalen. Yeah, he does. No, and, I respect the hell out of that, too. And, and I think they play that Seattle-ish type of feel from a couple of years ago where they just they play off and say, no, fuck you. We're going to kill you. If you want a long developing play, good luck. Yeah. You're going to have 2.8 seconds to throw the damn football. Yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great attitude to have, isn't it? And it, it's so interesting because uh, the defense, like they set the tone in the first game of the season against Washington. A couple of big plays. They helped turn it around. It got them the win. And then uh, throughout the year, I mean, the Carolina game where they they hold the running back, so is it like three inches per attempt was yeah. the number? Yes. It was something insane. <laughs> I mean, to, for them to play this consistently good so far through the season is such an encouraging thing because it's not a fluke. And then you see the fact that they've got a, an extra long week because you played on Thursday, then you're waiting all the way through Monday. So, like, Nigel Bradham gets to heal up from a game like that and uh, to have him healthy. It's just like the the confidence factor for this defense is really high. It's rightfully so. And when it comes to this matchup against Washington, especially with Rob Kelly out, because, again, they're very different without Rob Kelly in there, uh, I would feel incredible if I were them. And they could, they probably will make some big plays again on Monday. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I don't doubt it now that I have it. So he did get stopped. It was third and one. Then he threw it to P. Ryan on the very next play for a touchdown. There we go. Nothing. That's okay. what happened there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that they can – 
uh, it really just limit and continue to limit all those all those big things that are that they're trying to d- develop and do uh, as they go along through there. On the opposite side with the Eagles, I I don't I, I, th- I it's it's amazing to me that I'm ex- expecting a Nelson Aguilar touchdown again this week. That I'm expecting, you know, a, a, a lot of and and granted. Just remember, that's where the deep ball conversation started. Oh, Carson Wentz can't throw one. Oh, man, they're never going to be on the same page with Torrey Smith. Oh, he underthrew this. And remember, like, Carson had some crazy ballerina pose the first time he ever threw a deep ball to Torrey Smith, and it was the weirdest thing ever, and it was almost intercepted. And then he's like, I'm going to make sure that this gets there, and then he throw, overthrows Torrey Smith, and I think he overthrew Alshon Jeffrey at one point, too. Yeah. Now that they've hit. A couple of times, man, oh, man, am I ready to see that again. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to do it on the first play. I don't know if they're, you know, going to gonna try and just test these guys out. But, I I mean, I, I'm not against it. I'm certainly not against it if you're going to, you know, try and feed a, a, feed a, a, a LeGarrette Blunt, you know, did a PA rollout and all of a sudden just chuck one on the opposite side of the field of who's ever going down there. Uh DJ Swearinger was was having not having a great not having the greatest game in the world last week, and I would I would go and and pick on those safeties once again. Like we said, they're down corners. I I don't I don't expect anything else now that Lane Johnson's going to play. More than likely, Jordan Hicks is going to be in there too. By the way, uh, and I, I I really like the the protection of this. And plus, like Wisniewski did not play against this group. No, that was still Isaac Sayomalu. So I. I <laughs> I love the deep ball as much as I do did in uh, Arizona this week. I, I really do. Yeah, and you know what, John? I've been through this whole season, and just you know, just generally, I'm Mister Run the Ball. I I just you know, old school football. Like, I, I don't know. I'm that guy. I I love seeing a a good running game, and I think it does a lot for the offense. This week, I look at the matchup, and I think Peterson should he should throw. He Score should throw early, a lot. Run late. Yes. No. This this is definitely that type of game. Spread the field and go at them. You know, give all sorts of different looks, whether you're running pick plays to get maybe Aguilar open versus, like, if you can get a linebacker matchup for some reason, or uh, if you're doing, you know, if you can get Alshon on one side of the field and do a bunch formation on the other side of the field so you can run screens and things and see how yeah. the corners deal with that. Um, all that kind of stuff is something that I think is very much in the cards, and it, it absolutely should be the game plan early. And that's one of the, the credits to Peterson, really, in the way that this whole season and the way that for Howie Roseman, the way the team has developed. Because you can go into a game and you can say, well, yeah, um, I think they should run the ball, you know, 35 times in a game and that's how they're going to win. And then mm-hmm. you can go to another week and say, hey, I think they should throw the ball 45, 50 times in a game. Yeah, Well, maybe not 50, but 40, 45. <laughs> yeah. And they should be able to win if they do that. That's probably the best way. And for Wentz, like at this stage, he is connecting with his wide receivers, and they're they're hitting in the red zone and all that kind of stuff. So when you've got this kind of matchup and you've got your weapons and they're all healthy and they're hurting on the other side, I mean, it, it's a typical thing. Think of like any single game when a cornerback goes out during the game. What happens? You immediately throw at the new guy that came in. Absolutely. And it's, it's exactly what Kansas City did too, and Josh Norman went out. Yeah, it's a smart thing to do. You know, you. Get the guy. He's not settled in yet. You just go at him and see how he handles it. And for the Eagles, I mean, they're going to have a chance to do that again with Prashad Breland very likely out of this game. He's got a knee injury. So, like, go for it. Yeah, spread him out. Attack. Use the speed. All of your guys are feeling confident. They're clicking right now. 
go for it early, go for it often, pass, pass, pass this game. Yeah, and with you know Wendell Smallwood still being uh, banged up and he returned to practice, and I'm, I'm sure that he's going to be a full go as well through this. That's going to be nice at least to not see you know, Kenyon Barner getting those snaps. Oh, and, my God. Ay, ay, ay. You know, no disrespect to him. It's just, it's just it's definitely not the same thing. Also, Howard. Uh, Carlos Hyde, buddy. Can we just – is it okay to, you know, maybe just – I mean, they are displaying him for a reason. They are 0-6. They obviously don't like him that much. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, Carlos Hyde thing. I can't get off of it. Sorry, I've been on it for a week. I just Ooh. I can't. If you're if this team is going to be a playoff team, which we think if they beat Washington, you know, and the trade deadline is coming up, I I don't I don't see a problem with knocking on the door and saying like, hey, yeah, we'll take Carlos Hyde off your hands. Okay, well, if you do that, you're giving up a pick because you you don't give up talent at this point. Like you don't trade Michael Kendricks. So right. So but that's like it's a, I I like. From what I see, mm-hmm. they want to give Carlos Hyde away for a day three pick. Make that work. Fourth rounder, fifth rounder, okay. Well, sure. Okay, so let's say that in that case you're giving up like the row pick, if that because that's probably going to be a fourth. He's missing no games. problem. Or okay, I I I could. Mm, I don't know. Um, I like Carlos. You don't, you don't know. I like Carlos Hyde a lot, but the fact is he would be the third back in. Like, well, he'd Second. be. Well, he'd be one of three guys in the rotation. Is, is what I mean to say. He'd be one of three guys in the rotation, and for a fourth round pick. And Clement's been okay in the times that they've gone to oh him. Oh my God, are I you serious? Yes, I am serious. Clement. I, the difference between Corey Clement, a Honda, and a really nice. Uh, I don't know. Some, what's the nicest SUV? Uh, <laughs> a Land Rover. He's a, there we go. <laughs> Why not? You have a Land Rover versus a Honda, and you're going to stick with a Honda? Well, when it, because yes, well, I'm looking right now at this season, and sure, they're they're a team that has a good chance of winning the Super Bowl, and I I get that, but also you do need to build a team still, and you want to have sustained success. And as good as things have gone, and the fact that you've the got best th- parts of their offense are all free agents. Best parts about them: Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith. Garrett Blunt have all been, you know, practically well. And Zach Hurts, sure. I'm not just. I'm. I, I get all that too. And Nelson Aguilar is real nice, but like that, sh- they've changed the offense completely. Carlos Hyde will do the same thing. I like Carlos Hyde a lot. I do. I think he's a really good back. And for a fourth, I'm. I'm interested, but not having a second round pick, not having a third round pick, and the fact that this team's playing really well and Clement in the times that he's been in, he has been capable. I. I don't know. Not Carlos that, Hyde capable. Am I? Am I, folks? Did did I just? Did we just step in the biggest bag of weed ever? And that and 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 Vince is smoking it right now. And you would be comfortable with Corey Clement on a playoff run as a third. He's your yeah, Wendell a, Smallwood, who may or Smallwood's may not good. Yeah, but he can't stay healthy. Like there has to. If you, the person of all people, want to run the football properly, and late into the season in playoff games, yeah, there needs to be something other than the Garrett Blunt. I'm sorry. It's just there has to be a one-two punch there. There's a one, but there's no two. There's a one and like a, a four and then a three and then sometimes a two. It's just not there's there's not like a bam-bam. There's not a consistency where you can go, here you go, LeGarrette, here's 16 carries. Here you go, Carlos Hyde, here's another 16 behind it. Just like look at this Washington team right now. Yeah. The compliment between Fat Rob, Chris Thompson, and... And yeah, P. Ryan is not exactly panning out how I thought he would. But even between those two when they're healthy, that's a one-two punch. 
They don't have that right now. I am, I am very serious on Carlos side and getting somebody in here to complete the dynamics of this offense. Because you're also, you, yeah, you're playing for the future too, but you have an opera, though, you have a nice window here. And sometimes sometimes you just got to go for it. I think this is an opportunity to go for it and it doesn't cost you a ton. If they did it, I wouldn't fault them for it, but it just wouldn't be my move. I, I'm confident with where things are right now, and I, I just don't – I feel like it's getting greedy at that point. And for a guy who, based on the number of snaps that he would have a game, I'd, I'd be willing to pass on it. Interesting. All right. No Carlos Hyde for Vince. I'm curious what you guys think at BGN Radio – at BGN underscore radio, excuse me, at Vince Quinn, at John Barchard. But uh, besides all that, yeah, I mean, like, I think – what was our main question? Because, like <laughs> – thrown off yeah, by we, everything. We totally just went I down just, a rabbit hole. But uh, oh, because we were talking about the differences in in a st- you know uh, the the way that they've been able to score points recently has been through the air, and then they've been able to capitalize by having that effective running game a little later on. And just like we were saying from all along, gang. By the way, it is based on matchups. It's based on whatever's going to get you there. And now that they have been able to connect on. Some of these, and Nelson Aguilar's got confidence. You've got Zach Ertz as a safety blanket there. This is an opportunity to open it up all over the field. I don't know. There is. I don't think there's a defined, this is a that game, or I think it'll go to here. I think, again, they can go wherever they really want to here. Well, one avenue that they probably should go, and it's something they tried against the Carolina uh, Panthers early, and they got away from it, and it was a good move at the time to get away from it, the no-huddle offense. Like uh, they yes. they were really trying to just speed rush Carolina, and I, I guess they wanted to try to take some shots deep, and it wasn't working. Like they, it just felt like they were trying to set up and set up and set up, and then go deep on on one of those shots, but they just couldn't quite move the ball enough to really be in that situation. So they they were punting a couple of times and they gave up, and that's fine. Uh, it was a good adjustment by Doug to get out of that and then just go and play some regular football, but. With Washington here in this situation, and you are at home, and things are clicking right now, um, I would say because the, the Washington is a whole different front, and you know what? The amount of blitzing and things, like the excellent coaching job that Carolina had on Thursday, I mean, really phenomenal stuff. And it was something that the Eagles weren't prepared for. That was more blitzing and attack than Carolina had shown all season without yep. a doubt. Yep. I mean, they really let the dogs loose in that game. I don't think Washington's going to be doing that. So you've got a really good opportunity here to run that no huddle, get them, you know, some quick points early, demoralize that second too. door. Yeah. yeah. And then you, now that you've got holes on the defensive line, like Jonathan Allen is out for the year and he's been playing a lot for them. Now you can, you know, you go deep, you establish that, then you hit him with a quick run here and there, five yards, six yards, go back to the passing game and just keep on moving. I, I would love to see the no huddle this week. Yeah, so would I, and just kind of keep that. That tempo up, and that was that was again like Vince was just saying. It's something that's kind of successful against, and it's weird that now that I'm thinking about it, it's really weird that the Panthers didn't do really anything different offensively to throw them off. <laughs> you know, like, hey, we're gonna hit this kid really hard, and then when we're when we're gonna take advantage of it, we're gonna run for negative nine yards in the first half. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of a kind of a crazy thing. Like, hey, let's, yeah, I would have done this. I would have just picked on you know the corners and gone in the middle and really had those mismatches there, but they just you know. Credit to the defensive line, which again is is going to be, it. I feel like that's always going to be the hugest factor in every single game that the Eagles play from now on. If that's that kind of that wins them football games a lot of the time, and uh, it's why they had so much success against Cam Newton late, and 
and early, throwing all those crazy, you know, footballs all over the place. And, oh, boy, I can't believe we're almost 40 minutes into this thing. And uh, we didn't mention, like, two back-to-back horrendous Cousins throws in San Francisco. Yeah. One that got called back on, on, an, on a review that was nowhere near anybody but the uh, but San Francisco's secondary. And then follows that up with a lollipop <laughs> for an interception. So, uh, same thing applies here. We all know what Coupons does. He'll look like a Hall of Famer for like a drive and a half, and then all of a sudden, ah, uh, like a scared little baby boy, like his his baby boy Cooper, and you know turns into the pedestrian QB that we all know and love. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's that's an interesting dynamic that comes with this game too. Uh, when it comes to Kirk Cousins, you also have to pull back the scope a little bit and remember that he might leave town after this year. I mean, his relationship with that organization Correction, will leave town. Well, next well year. he should. Yeah. But if they win enough games and he feels good enough with Gruden and his numbers are good, and right now, I mean, he's completing almost sixty-seven percent of his passes, yeah. nine touchdowns, two picks. Like he, his numbers are pretty good. They're and they, always pretty good. Well, that's so always. So if you get a win against the Eagles on the road on Monday night, that's a game you feel pretty damn good about and that's the kind of thing that could help sway as much as Cousins is likely out the door it's something that could help sway him to stay a big win like that I guess it it helps man man. because think about it if you (laughs) if you lose this game you go to three and three Dallas is back in the picture this week they're off the bye Zeke is going to play and so you could be tied for second place in the division if you beat the Eagles, you're one win back from taking the division. You just beat the division leader, and you maintain a one- or two-game lead over Dallas. I mean, the dynamic uh, and the feel around the team after that game, if they win, is really it's it's pretty significantly different. And so, uh, yeah, how all of this plays into Kirk Cousins and his future with the organization, like, look, if you beat the no, crap no out of Washington, of, yeah, no amount of, well, yeah, you could just you could end it early and have the everybody start yip yapping in their three and four, four and three, in the yeah, next like couple of weeks, yeah, you could definitely do that. Uh, I, I just think that he is so far gone. It's it's there's no audition, there's no whatever. There are at least three guys that want him for his services, and they they will switch it around and they will do a, a ton of other things. So I don't know, but it'd be funny if they'd happened early. Well, yeah, it it certainly would be. So with all of that, let's go to the picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Now, by the way... Picks are brought to you by Delaware Park, and this Sunday you can join John Barchard. Hey, that's me. That is you, and James Seltzer for the pregame show live from the Delaware Park Sportsbook. It's going to be 9 a.m. that they'll be doing the show. Then you can stick around because they're going to be judging a food truck face-off. Oh, died and gone to heaven, y'all. Oh, yeah. So James and John will be there. They'll be with Brian Propp, Todd Fedorik, Joe DeCamera, and John Ritchie. Yeah, there's going to be ten food trucks there, ten of them. Uh, we all we almost had to like bring a a bulldozer just for BLG because you know how that guy eats, and we're just going to kind of take him <laughs> around to every food food truck that is there. It's all ages. It's an outside event at the Grove Ten at Delaware Park. Visit uh, DelawarePark.com 
slash promotions for details. And the Sportsbook at Delaware Park is where you can wager and watch all of the pro football games on Sunday. Go to DelawarePark.com for more details. Delaware Park is a lottery agent for the Delaware Lottery. Must be 21 to play. Reverse teasers, baby, all of, all day long. Also, just want to mention on Sunday, after all of that is said, in, or no, Saturday, the radio show this week that we will be on from 1 to 3 on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We are heading down to Newark, Delaware, because there's going to be a brand new Buffalo Wild Wings opening up. We'll be broadcasting there from 1 to 3. There are $3 Bud Lights. We'll actually be going from 1 to 6, I think is what it is. Yeah, is that 4 or 5? No, 1 to 5. Uh, and we'll be doing a radio show, and we'll be podcasting afterwards. Hollis Thomas will be down there. John Ritchie will be down there as well. And we're going to eat our faces off and just check Bleeding Green Nation and BGNRadio.com for more information. Let us go to the Thursday night matchup tonight. Uh, it is a three-point favorite for the Kansas City Chiefs coming off of one of the weirdest, well, not weirdest, most boring games that you've ever watched against the Steelers with Andy Reid making terrible decisions and saying that he goes with his gut rather than kicking field goals. Oakland coming off of a loss as well as their 2-4, and four, and they are three-point home dogs in this one, Vince Quinn. Who do you like on Thursday night? I like Kansas City. Yes, and Yeah, me too. And it, Oakland is a team that not only are they 2-4, and four, but I believe they've lost four straight. So they're a team that's, that's really struggling right now. Derek Carr has had some back issues. And you know what? The other fact of the matter is last year, even when they were a really good team, they were crazily undisciplined. They had the most penalties in the league, and I don't think that's gotten any better. So no. for Oakland to be a team like that, and then you're going against Kansas City, who is like the model of discipline. Turnovers are not a regular thing that they do. They're not committing stupid penalties that stall drives all the time. So you have to play such a clean game against them. And to have Oakland against Kansas City, you might think, oh, well, Oakland could be a good team and all this stuff. But the matchup is is not a good one. And so, yeah, I, I take Kansas City. Yeah, and plus I need – and just uh, this is this is what's great because I'm on the draft app currently right now playing the the, the, uh, the, Don't, mm. the, the two-game – well, the, there's a couple of reasons why I'm bringing this up. Okay. So you can do uh, just the two-game on, on draft, which is uh, the new snake-style draft that is weekly, that is different from any of the, uh, the DFS sites and the salary cap sites because you win 80% more of the time. It's fantastic. I have it right in my hand. Uh, so – Kendrick West is out in this game. I had to swap him for Jalen Richard. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I've got two two games. I've got uh, him and Travis Kelsey to go. I'm in first place uh, right now with all three of these. Guess who's not in first place after two weeks, guys? Oh God! So me and Vince Quinn, and you can it's it's Vince Quinn, and I'm Bono. Hit my car in the app. You can follow us there. Draft. It's you just all you got to search at draft.com and sign up with the promo code BGNR. So. Uh, Vince has lost two weeks in a row, and as punishment, he's got to read a statement, and I'm taking him to Han Dynasty as soon as we're done recording this, and we're going to film it, so be sure, and the Easter egg on the back of this, you definitely stay stay, stay in tune for it. He's got to eat the hottest thing on the menu, oh, man. and then read a statement. Oh, my God. So, it's going to be awful. It's going to be- It's going to be so bad. I think it's going to be hilarious. Uh, for, and and you need to stay tuned for that. Also, that'll, that'll be on Twitter at BGN underscore radio and follow us on Facebook as well at Bleeding Green. Now, interesting line as we get into the 1 o'clock games on Sunday. New Orleans on the road in Green Bay, five and a half point favorites. Now, no Aaron Rodgers out for the year. Really stinks for everybody. Kind of semi-good for Eagles fans because I think everybody thought the same thing on Monday. 
oh, wow, that's the, the NFC Championship is not going through Green Bay anymore. And nobody really knows. That's what's insane. Is I Yes, I think the Eagles are one of the best teams uh, in the NFL, and I think that's, they've proven that already. Anybody can beat them. They can beat anybody. That's how I feel about the top tier of this. Now, New Orleans kind of is, is coming along here, but I, I, <laughs> is it, I, for some reason, I just don't. I don't trust this line. Opens at five and a half, stays at five and a half. Some at six in a, in a couple of spots. I think New Orleans wins this game, but I I think it's uh, I think it's under five and a half. I'm going to take Green Bay at home. I'm crazy. I don't know. I don't know why I'm feeling that way. Well, no, I I actually I feel the same way as well because the other thing is you think of the Saints and it's like oh my god they put up like eight bajillion points last week, but it was all these defensive touchdowns and it, that was a really weird fluky game. Yeah, it's extremely. It was crazy. It was like oh the Saints put up like fifty six points. How many touchdowns for Drew Brees? And it was like one or two. And I was yeah. like oh okay. Um, so the, the Saints aren't you know they're in a point of change. And they are becoming, you know, it's not necessarily Drew Brees 45 times a game. Um, I look at this, and yeah, Green Bay is still a competent team. I mean, Hundley's obviously nowhere remotely close to to Rodgers, but he has all the good weapons around him, and they have a good running game. And so, yeah, five and a half is a lot. Sticking with Green Bay then? Yeah, I'm I'm in on Green Bay, man. All right, we're going to go to probably the matchup of the day as it is Super Bowl revenge time for the Atlanta Falcons as they are three-and-a-half-point dogs coming in, a normal normal New England Patriots line. Uh, I love Atlanta in this game. I I, I like – and I'm I'm probably probably going to look like a horse's ass here, but – that Falcons offense against that particular New England Patriots defense is going to be hilarious. Now, what would be more hilarious is if they go up by like 25 <laughs> points again and then they lose in this one, but I think Atlanta finally kind of gets some semi-revenge. The Patriots have been playing like shit. They really have, and uh, I can't believe that they should have lost. They should have lost, or at least been gone into overtime with the Jets. I'm taking Atlanta on the road while they march into New England. All right, I, I got to be honest. You're, you're going to have to tell me the spread again because I was thinking about the spicy three. food at Han Dynasty. Three, and I was, three, three and a yeah. half. We'll say three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, Atlanta's just been, it, you know. The, Weird again, too. They lost to Miami last week. Yeah, they're a fluky team. I think Miami is better. You know, at least their talent is better than they should have been. So I, I don't know what's going on there. But Atlanta, yeah, they've got the horses in this one versus a just God awful New England defense. I mean, holy shit. How did they get this bad? And you know, well, you know what it is? It's the linebackers. The linebackers are such a big thing for what New England had. And you think of over like the last, really like the last 16 years or so, they've had great linebacker play. Whether it was Brewski and McGinnis, and then you had like Jamie Collins recently. Um, you had uh, what's his name? Rod Ninkovich. Yeah, was was great for them for a long time, and he retired. So you don't have that great linebacker play anymore. You don't know who any of these guys are, and it's just the whole defense across the field is getting torched. So yeah, it's uh, it's Atlanta, man. This the over under is fifty five and a half. So buckle in because I think it might be a fun one, which ultimately means it's going to be a defensive struggle in like seventeen to ten or something <laughs> stupid like that. All right, the big one. Uh, Philly is well. They open at six. It's gone down to four and a half. Doesn't doesn't really scare me. Uh, I'm taking the Eagles in this one. Um, I just I uh, well I'm going to take Washington in the points. 
But I still think the Eagles win this one pretty handily. I think there's a, a small chance of a backdoor cover, which scares me. But I, I have, I'm so confident that the Eagles win this football game. I am too. And I look at this. I think the Eagles win by seven or more. I really yeah. do. I, I, I could definitely see that. The opportunity is there for them to do it. I don't think this is one of those games where uh, John Stolness brought up a great point who runs the good fight, and he was like, well, it's a lot of time off between that Thursday game and the Monday night, but to have this Monday night game be the division and be at home, like it, it just stacks up well in such a good way. And you know what, John? Uh, you ever play beer pong? You know how you, Always. You know how you can call island in beer pong? No. You've never heard of that. No. So the idea is if you have a cup by itself, you can call it, and you can, if you hit it, you take away two. Oh, wow. But you can only do it once per game. Must be one of the big, big, big fancy school rules. Uh, yeah, that's me, <laughs> Mr. Big Fancy. Um, <laughs> my crappy T-shirt and $12 jeans. But the idea is you can only call it once a game. Uh, you made your island call with the Alshon Jeffrey game against the Panthers. Yeah. I'm making mine today. Here it is. This is the Alshon game. Hey, double Alshon game. I love it. Yeah. No, no, this is it. I th- I think he goes for at least 85 and a touchdown and the Eagles win by 7. I like that a lot. I think it's a I think this is a big Zach Ertz game. Uh if I'm picking one in particular, which is not really sticking my neck out there, uh, duh, it just seems to me that uh I think that's where they're going to exploit it the most. I probably like another two touchdown game from him and somewhere around 90 yards. I think he's going to have a really 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 big game. Uh, this weekend that's going to do it for us we really appreciate every single one of you tuning in each week check us out on patreon.com slash bgn radio for all of your new shows the uh, fourth quarter which will be after this one and of course uh, we'll have the nfc beast uh which is not the name of the show it's just called the beast which vince quinn talks about the nfc east uh and uh you know we have uh, james seltzer doing his uh waiver wire tuesdays and the BGN NFL show, which is up from this week. And Vince talks about a lot of the stuff that's going on in and around the NFL. Carrie, I'm sorry we couldn't make it work this week, but we will have a lot of Patreon guests throughout. We're going to have a lot of fun with you guys. We're developing a new game show, I think, with everybody that's coming on here. It'll be way more enjoyable for everybody and uh, entertaining as well. So uh, I'm John Barchard. That was Vince Quinn. This has been BGN Radio number 270 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. Stretch your hand and I'ma chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that came to mother's.